Hey guys, I want to welcome back Yukon River Knives as a sponsor for the month of December. Yukon River Knives exists to support missions work in rural Alaska by providing outdoor enthusiasts with premium quality knives. A portion of every purchase goes to helping advance the gospel in rural areas in Alaska. Featuring both handmade and high-quality production knives, Yukon River Knives has curated some of the finest and most useful knives on the market. Go check out their products at yukonriverknives.com and enter Shepherd's Crook at purchase for a 15% discount. Hey guys, I have one of these knives personally, and I've been using it this year for hunting season, and it's done a phenomenal job. These are going to make perfect Christmas gifts. You're not going to be disappointed. Go check it out. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hey guys, welcome back. We are going to be talking about a book that Vody Bauckham wrote back in 2007 called Family Driven Faith Today. But first... Hope you had a great Christmas. We did. It was a really good time, and I just loved every bit of it. The food and family, gifts, and all of that. Real quick, I want to remind you of Yukon River Knives. You can still, for the next four days, get a discount. If you want to go, follow the link in the show notes. This knife right here, for those that are listening on audio, I'm showing a video over on Gab. You can subscribe and check that out if you so choose. This is the Hunter. It's a great knife. feels great in the hand. A little bit bigger than the small game knife. This is my go-to hunting knife. Very excited about it. So check it out. Follow the link. Get you a discount. Let's pray. Ask for the Lord's help. And then we're going to get into this book. Father, we just thank you for this time. We ask that you'd help and uh, just lead this, this just the next few minutes. And I trust that you're going to. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. I first met Vody Bauckham back in 2000 and let's see. It would have been five or six because I was working with Student Life Camp, a youth ministry uh, just a camp organization that brought youth ministries and from all over the country to a camp. And then it's just a summer program, summer camp. It was a really great time, learned a lot of great things, and God used that ministry and still using that ministry today. They would bring in speakers and worship leaders, and these camps would be huge with thousands of students. And Vody Bauckham was a speaker there. That's what he was doing at the time. He was a pastor and an itinerant preacher. He would go around preaching, and he would do these big youth events. Well, he started to ask some questions about youth ministry and ended up writing a book called Family Driven Faith, and it was really one step of two that got him canceled from everybody because he was saying things like, youth ministry isn't biblical. And to all the people who had just been hearing him, they're scratching their heads and thinking, wait, wait a minute, what? He's saying it's not biblical and it doesn't work. He really attacked things that he saw as problematic within the church, and it was really just a helpful book. This hits literally every denomination because everyone has bought into, it seems like, youth ministry hook, line, and sinker, even though they've seen some problems and doomsday statistics about the next generation is walking away from the faith, never to return. And in fact, that was the huge trend when I was in college. See, I went to college in Cleveland, Tennessee. I went to a Wesleyan Pentecostal school, Lee University, met some great folks and had a good time. But my program was in youth ministry. And during that time, what was happening is these statistics were rolling out from one study to the next, from one denomination to the next, about their teens leaving the faith. And it was in droves. I mean, books were written it book after book after book about all these statistics about how youth ministry isn't working and how these students are leaving. 
And the general response from, it seemed like everybody, was, well, we just need need to do youth ministry harder then. We need to do the same things that we've been doing, but doing it, you know, with a ramped up form of it. And Vody was out there saying, no, 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 no. Hey, there's a problem. Number one, youth ministry isn't biblical. And so that was one of the reasons he was getting canceled. Um, and then he wouldn't get in line with the Black Lives Matter narrative several years later. That was the second reason he got canceled. So first, got him removed from the SBC pretty much. And then the second got him removed from the Gospel Coalition. But in this book, Family Driven Faith, he was also, you know, saying things about government schools. He was calling for people to get married and start having children. And it was phenomenal. So long story short, I wanted to revisit the work and picked it up after several years of not reading it. And this is only the second time I've read it. Picked it up and read through it. And it was a delight. It was helpful. And it really helped me clarify, okay, why was this so impactful? Why did God use this? And how did God use this to shape me? And as I read it, I remembered this is why. It was really helpful. So if you're, you're not familiar with the work, I'm showing it on the video right here. The links are, again, in the show notes. Vody Bakum, Family Driven Faith. I think it was the second book that he wrote. The subtitle is Doing What It Takes to Raise Sons and Daughters Who Walk with God. Doing What It Takes to Raise Sons and Daughters Who Walk with God. So I leave college, youth ministry degree program, come back, read this book, and then immediately the ministry that I'm a part of is shaped by this work, and it continues to be shaped by this work today. Okay, so here is the the fundamental problem that he's trying to address. Why is it that so many teens are abandoning the faith? What do we do to raise up sons and daughters? And his answer is the household. His answer is fathers and mothers, primarily fathers who are leading the charge in their home, raising up their children, doing family worship, singing, praying, reading the scriptures, catechizing their children, and then seeing God do a work over the years. And he wants to readdress or refocus people's attention away from raising sons and daughters who love Jesus by giving them to the church or having a good and robust children's ministry, having a good and robust youth ministry, having a good and robust young adults ministry. And what he does is he systematically dismantles this idea that the church should be doing all these different things for all these different age groups. And his, his real question is like, how, how are you going to separate children for years and then have their own ministry silos, and then say when they get 18 or 19 years old, uh, the church doesn't exist for you, you exist to be a part of the the church here, after literally raising them up, being in silo ministries for, for the first 18 years of their life. And there's this disconnect of, of, you know, why is it that these kids are leaving? Well, if you begin to, again, peel back the layers, you can see. So one of the things that, as you get to the end of this book, that you'll, and I'm not going to really distill the whole book for you. Just go read the book. It's really good. I wanted to get things that really, really punched me in the throat and really challenged me. And this was it. I remember reading this and thinking, we're, we're never going to do youth ministry. And this is why we're just not going to do it. We're not going to build systems into the church that make it easier for families to pass off their responsibilities to the church rather than step up into them. We're not going to make it easy for fathers. We're not going to make it easy for them to just say, hey, the, the experts do the work. And this is what the whole, we, we live in a literally an expert-driven world. And a part of that is, well, I can't do what the church is trained to do. So I can't raise my children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. I can't disciple my children in the way that God would have me. That's what the youth pastor does. That's what the children's minister does. That's what the guys at church do. That's what our pastors do. I can't do that for my children. And what happens is the structures of the church communicate to the people, whether verbal or nonverbal, that we got this. 
Well, Vody just dismantles that, and you're reading through it, and like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't unread this now that I've read it. Well, as he's writing this book, he quotes from Doug Fields, who's like a leading youth ministry guy, and this is one of the guys that I learned from when I was in college. And as he quotes Doug Fields, the answer that I got from so many was, well, we just got to do youth ministry better. We, we can't just blow youth ministry up. It's a staple. We have to do youth ministry. Well, here's what it says. This is Doug Fields, Doug Vody quoting him. For the past three decades, then, youth ministry has exploded across across America, accompanied by the rise in the number of degrees in youth ministry granted by colleges, seminaries, abundance of books and other resources, and a network of cottage industries devoted solely to youth ministry. Yet, in those same three decades, they have failed to produce a generation of young people who graduate from high school or leave youth group ready to change the world for Christ. This is Doug Fields' lament in his book, Purpose Driven Youth Ministry. He's in the same church as uh, Rick Warren. And the answer, uh, do, do you see the, the issue here? And, and again, I'm a young guy, you know, 23, 24 years old reading this and thinking like, well, what? wait a minute. Well, the answer can't be if we've got more youth ministries today, more youth programs. I worked in a, a youth program that was with thousands of, of students and youth ministry and, and, and youth groups. And if they are walking away from the faith, well, maybe it is that we've actually worked against God's design for families, and we have systematically dismantled the family right in line with what the government had been, been doing for decades. What, what if actually what we had been doing is working against the raising up of the next generation, sons and daughters who love the Lord and walk, want to walk in obedience to Him? And I think that's exactly what we've been doing for generation after generation. Are there case studies where you can say, well, look, these, these uh, young teens grew up through youth ministry and they love the Lord. I grew up in a church that had youth ministry. Well, of course. I mean, God does a work. I mean, God is sovereign and, and uses, you know, um, in spite of us, uses our efforts and, and God saves people. Of course, there's always going to be examples of people. But then again, God saves people in, un, in uh, non-Christian settings all the time. So we don't say, well, that's the way to win people for Jesus is non-Christian settings. So th- this book sought to address, well, well, biblically, what are we doing here? And he just asked the big questions and realized that, okay, this is not just a new program to in- implement. We need to literally explode all these siloed mi- silo ministries and just put the responsibility back in the hands of the fathers. Do what you're supposed to in the home. The, the answer for, I mean, when people are just like, what do you have for our church? What do you have for our kids? The answer should be, well, what do you mean what do we have for your kids? It, you. We have you, dad. We have you, mom. We want to equip you and help you do what God's called you to do. We want the peer pressure in our church, in our congregation, in our community to be one of family worship. We want the peer pressure to be one of intentionality, where we're challenging each other and calling men up. Hey, take responsibility in your home. Lead as God would call you know as God has called you to lead. Okay, so here's another quote from the book that was helpful. Never mind the fact that the overwhelming majority of those we have baptized know neither the gospel nor the nor, nor the Christ nor of the scriptures and have a worldview that is more closely aligned with Marxist socialism than it is with Christian theism. Our numbers look good on an annual report and apparently that's what matters most. Vody's lament is you can get the numbers. You can get an annual report that looks good. But these students are being catechized by the schools. In fact, this is the <clears throat> this is the book where he laments and he said, you know, you can't keep giving your kids to Caesar and then being be surprised when they come out Romans. This is what he says. We cannot continue to send our children to Caesar for their education and be surprised when they come home as Romans. More importantly, we cannot continue to use Caesar's methods in our Christian schools and expect a different outcome. Education is inseparable from discipleship. Vody's saying this 
and people are reading it and they're either being set free or to say, what does what does God's word say about this? Let's just form families and and get our churches, and let's not try to build a, an expert in, a expert industry within our church and take responsibility away from our families. Let's just expect our men to do what God's called them to do. And people are either set free by that, or they're enraged by that, and they're like, no, 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 no. Youth ministry is what we got to continue to do. I mean, the, the the teens can't be bored. You know, I can read a couple other quotes here. Um, <clears throat> here's what he says: I don't about marriage, and these are another reasons that, that Vodi is encouraging young men to be the men that God's called them to be and to get married. He's lamenting here that youth ministry postpones adolescence, and it's not tra- training men and women to be actual men and women. It's training young people to just stay in adolescence. Here's what he said. I don't have a problem with young people being told to wait to the proper time for marriage. The problem is that college graduation is a completely arbitrary, secular, and unbiblical standard. Our message must be biblical. When you are biblically qualified and ready for marriage, and God sends you a mate, who meets the same standard, get married. He goes on to say that, that there's a massive problem with people who are getting married and then not wanting to have children. It's a war against the creation mandate. It's a war. It's like, no, we will not be fruitful and multiply. We won't do that. We want to focus on ourselves. Everything in this book is counter what the uh, modern attractional church ministry model that is just shoved down the, fo- the, the throat of every seminary and every undergraduate degree that, that involves ministry degrees this it's like, man, we don't have to do all this stuff. We really don't. And it set me free. Pastor, if you're listening in and you're thinking through this, <clears throat> you know, you might be even in youth ministry. I know one of my listeners, my good buddy is in youth ministry right now. And there's a lot of great things that can happen through that. God can use that. God can use you. You can disciple families. There's a lot of great things that can be done. But as you think long-term, we want to make sure that we're not actually working against so if you are in youth ministry or something like that, you got to make sure that your your primary focus is not taking responsibilities away, but but helping fathers step up into what God has called them to. You say, well, these students, they don't have Christian parents or something like that. Okay, well, then connect them with families that are Christian and that can be influenced by, you know, by the, the father, by the patriarch. They need to be connected to good, godly men and women who can raise them up the way God would have them be raised up or influence them the way that God would influence them. This book really just changed everything for me. It did. And uh, I think it can be helpful for you. So this is Family Driven Faith by Vodi Bakum. And this is why our church won't ever have that silo ministry. We do have a nursery and uh, classes up till through kindergarten. And the reasoning behind that is that uh, at home, if they are raised and, and have one year of school, then they're trained to be able to sit longer. And certainly we encourage parents, if you want to have your child in there with you, worshiping with you and and not go down to the classroom, this is what we did for a majority of the time. You can have them with you sitting and we want families worshiping together. That's a, that's a good thing. But this really changed a, a lot of things for me and it shaped the way I am as a man and it shaped the way I am as a pastor. And I think it can do the same for you. Uh, ladies at our church are going to be reading through this book in I think March this year, and I think it's going to be really helpful for them. Okay, guys, uh, I hope this has been encouraging and challenging. There's so much more in the book, and I encourage you to pick it up. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week.